Hey, can, can, can you guys just play before I come up every time? That'd be awesome. <laughs> I have to pay a little extra for that. Hey, wasn't that awesome? Wasn't that incredible? That was just a little bit of taste of what the midwinter summer blues jam is going to be, okay? And the whole night is just designed to be an opportunity for us to invite our friends, our family, our neighbors who don't know Jesus to come to something that's just fun, okay? I'm not preaching. Can I get an amen? We're just going to close in prayer. No. Anyway, I'm not preaching. We're not doing an offering. It's just going to be a fun night. We're going to have we're going to have awesome summertime food, burgers and dogs and, and the things you'd have at summertime. And we're going to hear the blues just like that. It is a non-invasive, unlike, I mean, it's just a great thing to invite family or friends to, to just help them have a good time and maybe expose them for the first time to church where they may walk away. And the whole thing for that night for us is they may walk away and go, hey, wow, that was kind of cool. Church isn't so bad. Because it's just fun, all right? So that's your opportunity. Tickets are available in the back, okay? So turn to the person next to you and just say, I'm ready to go, are you? Just do it real quick. I'm ready to go, are you? All right, so on February 4th, on February 4th, President Donald Trump will be making his way to the Capitol in order to give a speech that allows Congress to know what is going on in the United States, what has happened in the, in the past year, and to give kind of a preview of what he sees coming down the pike in 2020, okay? He's giving that speech and gives that speech, the president does, every year. You're probably familiar with that. President Trump's given that speech on February 4th, just like President Obama gave it every year before him, President Bush every year before him, President Clinton every year before him, and so on, okay? Because here's the thing. Actually, the president has to do that. Did you realize that? Those of you who are civics majors in college, you probably knew that, but the rest of us didn't. That it's actually mandated in the Constitution of the United States, crazy, that the president has to notify Congress of what's going on in the United States once every year. In fact, it says... In Section 2, Article 3 of the U.S. Constitution, the President shall from time to time give to the Congress information of the State of the Union and recommend to their consideration such measures as he shall judge necessary and expedient. Okay? So, George Washington, the very first President of the United States, was the very first President to give the speech to Congress on January 8, 1790. Interestingly enough, not every President has gone to Capitol Hill to give this speech annually. Some of them literally mailed it in, okay? Thomas Jefferson, the third president of the United States, actually sent a letter to Congress to let them know the state of the United States and how things were going. And thus he began uh, a tradition that would survive for about 100 years, where the president would merely mail it in, <laughs> okay? And then shortly before FDR, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, became president, they began going to Congress to give what became known as officially during Franklin Roosevelt's term of presidency, the State of the Union Address, okay? And so every president at the beginning of just about every year is invited by 
the House of Representatives, okay, the Speaker of the House of Representatives sends an official invitation to the President inviting them to Capitol Hill to give this State of the Union address. And it is attended by co Congress people, uh, the Supreme Court justices, friends and family of, of the president and congress people or whatever special guests are invited. And then literally because of the invention of media, last year 48 million people checked in to hear the State of the Union address. So February 4th, President Trump will be going to Congress to give this State of the Union address. And at the end, I most assuredly tell you that he will say six words that just about every single president in modern history has ended their State of the Union address with these six words. These six words are, the State of the Union is strong. The State of the Union is strong. And so, with that in mind, thinking about how every year the president has to go and he has to talk about the previous year and where we're going in the coming year, and to kind of rally the troops and help people see the vision and those kind of things. I thought that as we are here, as 2019 is in our rearview mirror, and 2020 is laid out in front of us, I thought what better time for us to come together and have a state of the church address. You see what I did there? That's pretty cool, wasn't it? Okay. A state of the church address, where we're going to spend today talking about what God has done in the last year and what we see God planning to do in the coming year. Now, if you, amen, thank you very much, okay? Man, I, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to need some help this, this, this message, okay? I need, you, I need you to amen, I need you to get excited and get ready because it's going to be a good message, okay? Not because I'm doing it, but because God has anointed I believe it, okay? So I'm going to need your help. So on the count of three, I just need to hear, like, just pretend you're from the south. I just need a amen, okay? Ready? One, two, three. Amen. Now it wasn't good enough. One, two, three. Oh, very good. Now I need, I need like you're in a Southern Baptist church in Alabama. Praise the Lord. Okay, ready? One, two, three. Praise the Lord. Okay, there you go. Here we go. You're primed and you're ready. Okay, so, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about the last year, where we've seen God in the coming year, what the Lord is going to do. Now, for those of you, thank you very much, Al. Now, for those of you who are guests with us this morning, we don't usually do this, okay? I'm not usually this animated, all right? And so, I'm just kidding. But uh, if you're here, you're, you're, this is your first time, your first couple times, this isn't kind of the kind of message that we typically have on a Sunday morning, but if you listen closely, you will catch the heartbeat of God and what God is doing in this church body, okay? You ready? You ready for this? You ready to move? That's an amen point. You ready to move? All right, Father God, we just give this time over to you. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for a great time of worship. Lord, we just pray that you would speak to our hearts, challenge us, motivate us, so that we can see your kingdom come here on earth, and that we can be a part of the incredible, glorious, awesome work that you're doing. And we pray these things in Jesus' name, and everybody said? Amen. Amen. Okay. So. There's a, there's a famous pastor, and he used to say this. He had this, he had this line that he would say, and his line was this. The local church is the hope of the world. The local church is the hope of the world, okay? And here's why. This pastor said that it's not the government, it's not academia, it's not business. 
It's the local church that God has entrusted the life-giving message of eternal life through Jesus Christ. It's the church that God has given that message to, to send out into all the corners of the world. So the local church is the hope of the world, okay? And if you call yourself a disciple of Jesus Christ, there's two things that you need to know. Okay, first of all, you are a part of the, the, the world church, the global church. If you call Jesus your Lord and Savior, then the blood that runs through uh, somebody's veins who loves Jesus and calls him Lord in Russia is your brother or sister. That person in China who meets in a secret underground church and they call themselves believers, they're your brother or sister. Okay, it is the church universal. You are a part of that. But the scriptures also say that if you call Jesus your Lord and Savior, if you are a disciple of Jesus, then you must be involved in the local church, okay? And if you're a follower of Jesus, you are the local church. You are the local church. Look at the person next to you and say, I am the local church. Just do it right now. I am the local church, okay? You are part of God's plan for reaching out into the 61% of Kalamazoo and the area where you live with that message of love and life. You're part of God's plan. How awesome is that? That you're part of God's purpose in what God is doing. So what about this local church? What about this local church? Okay? I want to talk today about this local church. When we talk about the, 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 the state of the church... I'm talking about, not about the big church, but I'm talking about Lighthouse. I'm talking about Lighthouse Community Church and the state of our church here. And I want to start, uh, start out by telling you this. The same words that, that President Trump will most assuredly end his speech, as President Obama did before him and Bush before him and so on. I want to share the same with, words with you, but a little bit different, and it's this. The state of the church is strong. The state of the local church is strong. Over this last year, we have seen some things begin to take root that God is going to use to, to expand the kingdom. Things that are going to shape Lighthouse Community Church and Kalamazoo for all of eternity. And I couldn't be more excited about what God is going to do. Not, I'm not just saying through Lighthouse that we get our name out, but what God is going to do through you. Through those of you who call you call Lighthouse Community Church your home church. Now I'm not gonna I, I'm not gonna sugarcoat it coat it. We have faced our setbacks in the last year. In 2019, we have faced some setbacks. Guess what? Just like other churches have faced. Just like businesses faced in 2019. Just like academia faced in 2019. We all have faced in some ways some shortcomings, some frustrations. But guess what? God has been faithful. God has been faithful to us. And I'm going to tell you what. As much as Satan tries to trip us and kick us when we're down, Jesus won the war. Amen? Jesus won the war. Satan may get a skirmish in here or there. Satan may win a battle here or there. But Jesus on the cross died for you and me. And when he rose again three days later, he looked at Satan and said, Done, baby. You're done. Okay? Listen to me. The future is bright. The future is bright, my friends. Hope is on the horizon. And there are great days ahead. I need an amen. 
there are great days ahead. And here's how I know. Here's how I know. I'm going to share with you some things of how I know. Okay? So a little over a year ago, we came together. And we talked about, started out with leadership, and then we brought it to the entire church, and we talked about our priorities for the coming year. And we talked about how we had three priorities that we were going to invest in in the coming year. Those, and if you remember, the, those three priorities were children and youth, discipleship, and outreach. Children and youth, discipleship, and outreach. And so I'm going to take a few minutes and focus on those areas and tell you, share with you what God has been doing in the last year and kind of where we're heading in the future, okay? And then I'm going to wrap up with a couple of things about, about finances and then some other great things that God's been doing, okay? So the first thing, we just talk about children and youth, okay? And, and there is, to be honest with you, we took a little bit of a setback there in this area in children and youth in 2019. And the ripples were a little bit painful. But God has been faithful. And we had some new leadership step up in the children and youth area, and especially in the children's area. Some leadership step up. We had some a new infusion of blood in volunteers, people volunteering new and fresh in the children's ministry, joining the great volunteers that we already have in the children's ministry. And things happened there, we, along with the renovation of our children's area, which I got to tell you looks fantastic. It looks so great when I go back there and I get to, I see children, I get to see children playing back there and things like that. It looks like a legit children's ministry area, right? And along with those things, along with the volunteers and the leadership that have stepped up, there are some great things going on in Lighthouse Kids and some great things coming in the future. And then late in the year, God blessed us and we were able to hire our new next gen pastor, Pastor Kyle. And he, yeah, yeah, it's awesome. So excited to have him and his family on board. And, and Pastor Kyle already, he's, he's our next-gen pastor. And so he oversees children and youth. And already getting uh, messages that there's energy, enthusiasm, and depth beginning to build in the, in the student ministries area. It is such an exciting time to be a part of Lighthouse in children and in youth. Okay, and I was sitting, I, I, I'm sorry Derek, I'm going to talk about you for just a second, I know you probably like that a lot, but uh, Derek, Derek and Melissa started coming to Lighthouse uh, a year and a half, almost two years ago, and Derek volunteers with second and third graders, right, and they love him in there, they love him, he just wails on kids, I can't say that, he just has fun with kids back there, right, and teaches them about Jesus, right, and those kids love him. And Derek was saying to me the other night, he was like, if you would have said like five years ago that I would be doing this, I would have thought you were crazy. And he loves it. He literally said he can't wait to get to church to be in with the kids. How awesome is that? There are great things happening in children and youth, my friends, and we get to be a part of that, okay? Here's the thing. Children and youth and families are a priority to God. Therefore, they are a priority to us. Let me say that again. Children and youth and families are a priority to God. Therefore, they are a priority to us. And there are great things coming down. We are moving forward with excitement and purpose in children and youth. The next thing that we talked about was discipleship. It was discipleship, okay? And so we had a group of leaders from Lighthouse that began working on a discipleship pathway. 
that we believe God is leading us down because our vision statement is that Lighthouse Community Church will know God and show God through making disciples of Jesus Christ, okay? Not, not you know, in the last number of decades, it's been kind of weird to see how discipleship and disciples has changed. It's been kind of watered down to a commitment of convenience, but that's not what God ever asked for. God says you're either all in or all out. There's no in-between. If I walk in between, then to God, I'm all out. You're either in or you're out, and that's what a disciple is. And so we're looking at it, and we're saying, okay, what do we got to do to make those kind of disciples? And so I'm not going to talk about it today, all right? I'm actually going to talk about it next Sunday. It's such an awesome part. It's such an important piece of the puzzle that I can't just take three minutes and talk about discipleship. So I'm going to talk about it next week, and I'm going to guarantee you, you better be here. You need, I'm not saying like that's not a threat. I'm just saying that you need to be here because we're going to be talking about those next steps of how you become more like Jesus and how you live the life that God created you to live and expects you to live in order to be his disciple that brings about joy and peace and confidence and all those things that the world wants but can't have without Jesus. So we're going to talk about it next week, okay? So we talked about children and youth. We're going to talk about discipleship next week. And the third area was what? Say it out loud. Outreach, okay? Outreach. Thank you for the four people who said it. Outreach, okay? Outreach. And all I can say about outreach is, wow, God opened some doors. God opened some doors and just shoved us through them this year, okay? It has been amazing to see what God has done. A year ago, we began a, a, a relationship with a group called Urban Alliance, and they are centered and focused on the... Um, on the Edison neighborhood area, an under-resourced uh, area of our city. And God just opened the door for us to connect with them and to begin to minister there. In fact, there have been so many things that have been going on behind the scenes and things that are starting to pop up right now that you need to be involved in. Uh, we started out, um, we did last year, uh, actually this past December, we did, we did a Christmas party. And we specifically targeted 10 families with the help of urban alliance we specifically targeted 10 families that don't know jesus okay that don't know jesus and we said we're gonna we're not just gonna throw a christmas party we're not doing a one and done where we do this christmas party say jesus loves you here's a little baby and a gift god bless you we'll see you in a year we are committed to walking with those 10 families for a year in fact today there are a number of Lighthouse Community Church uh, attenders who are going to be gathering together with those 10 families, and we're going to be doing an event today. And we're doing something every single month with those families. And that's not all. You heard Rick talk about the chili serve that's coming up uh, on, on Tuesday, the first Tuesday in February. It's the first Tuesday of every month for us. And we have the opportunity to go out and to serve, not only serve chili, maybe the only hot meal that those people will get that day, okay, but we can make chili. For some of you who are like, I'm not a good cook and, and I can't make it that Tuesday, maybe you can help donate some of the ingredients that are used for the chili that we're going to make. Okay, and that's not all we're doing. There's so many things coming down the pike. I'm so excited. Where's Steve and Renee? I know I saw Steve's big old white head somewhere. Where is he? There he is in the back. There he is. Steve, is Renee in here? Is she teaching? She's teaching. God bless her. Okay, so I, I had the opportunity, Steve and Renee Brown and I, 
I get so excited about this. Stephen Renee Brown and I uh, went down to Washington Writers Academy, which is an elementary school uh, down in the Edison neighborhood. And we had just called them up and said, hey, can we meet with you? We actually didn't call. We emailed the principal, okay? Uh, Principal Spiller, okay? That's her in the center right there. She's, the, she's awesome. She has so much energy. I like her a lot. Um, she rivals me for energy. And so we got a chance. We went down and we went and we met with Principal Spiller and then this lady named Carol. And the first thing we said, we said, we're not here to proselytize. We're not here to preach. We're not here to get our name out or to get our name on anything. We just want to help. We just want to help. How can we help? And it was, it was incredible, wasn't it, Steve? I mean, they just, they got excited, started throwing out all these ideas of how Lighthouse can come and be a part of the community at Washington Writers Academy, where we can come into this elementary school and begin to, to not only meet the needs of elementary school students, but of teachers and faculty and administration, so that when they see us, some of you are going to have the opportunity to simply go and read a book to a bunch of first graders. Some of you are going to take on the challenge to maybe be a mentor to a small, some of you ladies be a mentor to, to, to a small group of girls. Some of you men to be a mentor, just maybe an hour to be a mentor to a small group of boys, okay? And there's so many other things that are coming down the pike that we can be involved with, with, with Washington Writers Academy. But here's the vision, that someday when that third grader is 20, 25 or 30 they'll look back and they'll say when i was in third grade at R washington writers academy the elementary school i went to there was this dude who came and like he'd hang out with us and i don't remember his name but all i know is that like he looked like jesus and he smelled like jesus and he talked like jesus so much you know the opportunity just he just hung out with us he didn't preach at us he didn't she didn't she didn't preach bible scripture just they were just there for us. And I'm a follower of Jesus today because of the seeds that that person planted in my heart at Washington Writers Academy. How awesome is that? How incredible is that? Those are some of the things that are coming down the pike. And it's not just that. We have so many other areas where we're investing in the opportunities that we have to invest in other people. I've got a, a letter right here, a card that someone sent to me that is a thank you to our church. And on the top of this handwritten card, it has the scripture, Philippians 4.13, which says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, this card comes from a lady who is part of the Wings of God organization. Wings of God is a women's transitional house in Allegan. It's where women who were incarcerated go. It's that in-between ground where they come out and they get to live in a house and they get, they get invested in personally, spiritually, and, and in job training type of things and preparing them to be a, a, a giving part of the community. And God's doing incredible things at Wings of God. And so the person who wrote this is one of the ladies from Wings of God. They're called Pearls. Isn't that awesome? They're called Pearls. And so this is what she, read, she wrote. All right, you can see it on the screen. She wrote, Dear Pastor Doug, because of God's hand and the support of your church, that's you. That's you. Remember what we said about the local church? That's you, okay? So because of God's hand and the support of your church, my life has been impacted in many ways. Being here at Wings of God has given me the solid foundation 
to safely start my new life in Christ. Thank you, Rebecca Pearl at Wings of God. Amen? Isn't that awesome? That's just, yeah, 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 yeah. Your clapping is praising God, okay? We have so many more opportunities to do these kind of things, to make these kinds of impact, okay? It is awesome. It is awesome what God is doing, okay? So I, 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 I want you to know, in discipleship, in children's and youth, and in outreach, man, things are plowing ahead, and we can't do it without you. And I'll talk about more, that more in just a minute, okay? But I want to share just an update on finances, where we are financially. And I got a praise for you. I got a number of praises for you, okay? Faith promise giving. Faith promise is the money that, that we give above tithing that we give to help support missionaries, local missionaries and, um, and global missionaries. In fact, uh, uh, Mike, right over here. Mike is uh, the leader of missional chaplains. He's one of the people that we support. And that God is blowing up missional chaplains where they're not just a local Michigan thing anymore. You guys are where, Mike? Illinois, Iowa? Yeah, <laughs> Florida, no. <laughs> but I mean, God's just blowing things up. For, for, for missional chaplains. And we help to support those things. And faith, I'm going to tell you right now, I honestly believe that God looks at Lighthouse and is so proud of you guys for your giving over and above tithes, okay? Our, our budget, our general budget, year to date, we are ahead of where we were last year. That's a huge phrase. That is a huge phrase. We are ahead, not by much, not by much, but we're still ahead, right? We're still ahead, is that, that is a glory and praise to God and your faithfulness in tithing, okay? Now, I'm going to take a second. I'm just going to talk about Nehemiah Project because a, a, a number of you in here are part of Nehemiah Project. For those of you who are newer, don't know what in the world Nehemiah Project is, we started about two, almost two and a half years ago, uh, a, a capital campaign called Nehemiah Project to raise $400,000 to, to help us because we said there were four walls that we needed to erect all at the same time based on the, the story of Nehemiah. And, and we needed to raise these walls in the areas of children and youth. We needed to hire a worship pastor. We needed to hire a part-time admin pastor. And, uh, and we needed to erase our second mortgage, which at that point was, I think, Dan, $263,000 right in there. 263000 to get rid of that second mortgage. So, just to give we let me tell you a few things, all right? God gave us the number 400000 all right? And, and, and I'm going to tell you some, some great news. The first piece of great news is that we sent a check to the bank, and we no longer have a second mortgage, okay? Amen? Isn't that awesome? Praise God for that. Praise God. Now, here's the caveat to that, okay? We self-funded that. We took what we had in the bank that set aside for, for situations, and the board voted to step out in faith and say, we believe this is what God wants us to do, and we're going to step out in faith believing that God has our back. Okay, because here's the thing. Now, here's a little side note. Isn't it, isn't it awesome that it's warm in here? Isn't it glorious that it's warm in here and not 63 degrees like it has been in past winters or a month ago? But uh, it's, it's, it's awesome in here, right? Okay, um, one of those HVAC units is twenty to $30,000. Just one of them. So if one of them goes down, God, we're trusting that God's going to meet our needs. So, so the thing is that we self-funded that loan. We are no longer paying any interest to any bank. 
But we have to we have to reimburse ourselves. We have to be good stewards and make sure that we're that we're taking care of what God has given to us and blessed us here at Lighthouse with this building. There are hundreds of people who use this building and this property every single week. You probably saw in the back, uh, Adam, right over here. Adam Winter is the head coach of the homeschool boys baseball team. And they've been working out there, getting a brand new, uh, redoing the baseball field out there so they can play on that this year. Hundreds of people use our church and our property every single week. My friends, we've got to be good stewards. And so we step down on faith, believing that God's going to have our back, okay? But we've got to make that up, all right? We hired Michael, okay? Because remember the four walls? We hired Michael, and Michael has been crushing it, all right? I mean, this morning was such a beautiful time of worship. That, and it's not congratulating Michael or patting Michael on the back, but saying thank you, Michael, A, for being here and listening to the Lord, and B, for using your gifts and talents to lead us into the presence of the Lord and, and the creativity that God has given to Michael. When? We hired Rick, okay, Rick George, and, um, and, and Rick is our part-time admin pastor. And I know that there are probably a number of people who look at Rick and go, what in the world does he do? What does an admin pastor do? And I can tell you that if you went to any board member this year and said in 2019, what did Rick do? And they would say nothing short of saving our keister. There have been several crises that we've gone through. I'm not going to take the time to tell you about them that Rick has personally overseen and has saved the day in several of those situations. Okay? God has Rick here for this time and for this purpose. Okay? And I don't need to say any more about the children and youth because I already talked about that. But God is doing some in, incredible things budgetarily. But we're not done. My friends, we're not done. Remember what I told you? I said that God gave us the number $400,000. We had pledge cards come in for $360,000. God's number is $400,000. We need to meet that goal. Okay? Now here's some really awesome news. You ready for this? So of the $400,000... With, with, with um, pledges that have already come in, finances that have already come in, that have been pledged, we're at, with nine and a half months left, we're already at three, almost $300,000, okay? But we gotta finish, we gotta finish strong. We gotta finish strong, and here's the thing. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna say a couple things, okay? To those of you, to those of you who have completed your commitment to Faith Promise, thank you. Or not Faith Promise, to Nehemiah Project. To those of you who have completed your commitment to Nehemiah Project, thank you. Would you consider just praying? Would you consider just praying and going to the Lord and saying, Lord, would you have me give more? And just listen to the Lord. That's all I'm asking for. Second group of people, which is a lot like Sean and I, okay? You're the people who have consistently been giving over the last three years up to this point, right? And for us, it's like a monthly thing. To those of you who have consistently been giving and are, 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 are giving over and above tithes, let me just say, thank you. Just keep, keep being consistent. Just keep following out and write out your commitment. To the third group of people, the people who are going, I have no idea what Nehemiah Project is. What are you talking about? Maybe God's just kind of spoken into and you're like, I, I, I'd like to be part of that. I'd like to help this church move into our community more successfully and easily by getting rid of our debt and helping in some other areas. If you have any questions whatsoever about Nehemiah Project, please see Rick George standing in the back or Dan Lewis, who's standing right or sitting right up here in the front. They'd love to talk to you about what it means to be involved in Nehemiah Project, okay? Because here's the thing. By October, 
I believe that God's given us that number, and I believe we're going to meet that number and maybe exceed it. But here's the thing. We've got to finish strong. We've got to finish strong. Okay? Let me give you an illustration of what I talked about. I'm talking about, and I shared this with some people about Nehemiah Project. One of my favorite passages of Scripture is in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And it says this. It says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get that prize. And I think back to when, when I ran the Marine Corps Marathon. I think it was three years ago. A little over three years ago, I ran the Marine Corps Marathon. 26.2 miles, okay? Now, here's what I know. When I got to the halfway mark of the Marine Corps Marathon, there was nobody standing at 13.1 miles going, Way to go, buddy! Here's your medal! We believe you're going to make it! Take and put it on! There was nobody that did that. Nobody got a medal at 13.1 miles. Where did they get the medal? Just shout it out. Where did they get the medal? At the finish line, right? You don't get a medal for making it halfway. You don't get a medal for making it three quarters of the way. You get the medal when you cross the finish line. And it was so awesome when I got to the finish line of the Marine Corps Marathon. This is actually the medal that I got. And when I crossed the finish line, there was an actual Marine who put this, not like a Halloween Marine, okay, but an actual Marine who put this around my neck. And it's such a cool, it's such a cool, this was in Washington, D.C., and this actually opens up. And inside of that little, inside of there is a picture of the Marine Corps Monument in Washington, D.C. And I'm going to tell you what, after 26.1 miles, I was tapped, man. I was so tired. Like, he put this around my neck, and I'm like, hey, thank you. You know, I mean, I, I was just tired, right? But I had so much pride, so much pride. I finished the race. I finished. And my friends, that's all God's calling us to do is finish the race, to finish strong, to run the race to win. And the finish line is not in January of 2020 or February. It's in October of 2020. That's our finish line, $400,000. I'm done talking about money, okay? I want to end with some other things that God's been doing at Lighthouse in 2019 and where we're headed in 2020. You ready for this? It's, it's exciting. Just tell me you're ready. Say, I'm ready. All right, here's some things that God's done and where we're headed. Women's ministry relaunch. I'm going to tell you what, Ashley has done such an amazing job relaunching the women's ministry. And ladies, if you have not been a part, there's some great things that have already happened and some great things that are coming down the pike. In fact, if you have not signed up for the IF conference, today's the day to do it, to invest in your walk with Jesus, all right? Take the time to go over there. Men, get your wife, your girlfriend, your daughter, whatever it is, and take them and sign them up because then it's a free day for you on that day to do whatever you want while they're out of the house. Okay, but sign them up. Women's ministry launch. Fantastic, awesome. Ashley, great job. Praise the Lord. A Sunday morning worship experience. God has been meeting with us here. Amen. It's just been such an incredible experience week to week. Okay, uh, prayer and praise nights. Prayer and praise nights. It's been so awesome to see how that's been growing because nothing happens without praise. Nothing. We bring God in the picture when we hit our knees and pray. And those prayer and praise nights, the first Sunday of every single month, are critical to what God wants to do in Lighthouse. Make it a priority to be there. Men's ministry, we had a phenomenal men's retreat in the fall. Incredible what God was doing. Someone said life-changing. Uh, we had, over last year, we had people called into ministry. We had huge numbers of people involved in ministry. It has been an amazing year, my friends. Can I get an Amen. 
Now, I told you last week what our church word for the year is. Do you remember it? Say it out loud. What was it? Work. You are correct. Our word for the year is work. And I don't know exactly what that means for us, but God gives it to unfold in 2020. But I do know this. Here's what I know about work. That I can't carry this by myself. That Rick can't carry this by himself. That Kyle can't carry children and youth by himself. That Ashley can't carry women's ministry by herself. That Elaine can't carry things by... We can't do it. We work together. Why? Because we're the local church, my friends. We need you. We need you to be involved, to be a part. In order to reach out into the community, we need you to be involved. All right? I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to brag on someone real quick, and I know he's probably going to be uncomfortable, but, but Tori Allberg with the, the, chili, uh, the chili serve the first uh, Tuesday of every, every month. He just went out there, and he came back and said, I, I can help lead that. How awesome is that? My friends, that's all I'm asking you to do is pray. And ask where God would have you involved, be involved because here's what I know. Here's what I know. The church works when you work. The church works when you work because you are the local church. And conversely, I also know that when you work, the church works. When you work, people outside these walls look and go, oh, so that's what Jesus looks like. And my friends, 2020 is going to be a great year. It's going to blow our socks off. It's going to blow our doors off. It's going to, whatever metaphor you want to use, that's what it's going to be and more. It's going to be a great year. And my friends, that is the state of the church. Amen. It is a glorious time to be at Lighthouse. And I believe that the coming year is summed up in this passage of scripture from Proverbs chapter 3. that says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him. Now, I know that some of you grew up learning it, in all your ways, acknowledge him. But submit is a more accurate translation of that word, because think about it. What is acknowledge? I kind of pictured myself walking along going, what's up, God? And I, yeah, I acknowledged him, right? No, no, no. In all your ways, submit to God. And he'll make your path straight. He'll change the world through you and through the local church. Amen. And so I'm going to ask the band to come up right now. Because the person who gave us the greatest example of submitting was Jesus Christ. The person who gave us the greatest example of what a life submitted to God and the effect that it can have was Jesus Christ. When he submitted himself to his Father and came to earth, and died on the cross for you and for me. And today we're going to remember that. We're going to remember that sacrifice that God made for you and for me. And so you'll come up and you'll take a piece of bread. And in that moment, I want you to remember when you break off that piece of bread, what Jesus said when he was with his, with his disciples in the upper room. And he said, take this. This bread, this broken bread, is a representative of my body broken for you. Take it and eat. And every time you do it, remember what I did for you. And then he took the cup, and he passed the cup around. And he said, this cup is the cup of the new covenant, a covenant written in my blood. 
And in antiquity, they, always, they almost always associated blood with life. And in essence, Jesus gave his life for your life. He traded a life for a life. And Jesus said, this is the blood of the new covenant. Drink it. And every time you do this, remember me. And so, my friends, we're going to receive communion today. And we're going to receive communion with joy and thanksgiving because you have everlasting life through Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. And we're also going to do it humbly because God did this for you. You couldn't do it on your own. You could not do it on your own. No way you get to heaven on your own. It took a life for your life, and that life was Jesus. So when we come up and you take the bread and the cup, do so humbly with joy and thanksgiving in your heart. The last thing is this. If, if you're a guest with us and, and you're not quite there in your spiritual journey, you're not, you're not sure about Jesus, you're not, you're not sure if he's who he said he is, the way, the truth, and the life, no one comes to the Father but through him, and, and you've got questions about it, can I encourage you to come talk to me if you have questions about who Jesus is? Talk to Pastor Rick. Talk to Pastor Kyle. Talk to Pastor Michael, okay? Come, come talk to one of us. Talk to Elaine in the back, okay? We'd love to have that conversation. But because we believe that what this represents is sacred, could I just ask you to not partake, just in, in respect to what this represents, okay? And come talk to me. I'd love to have that conversation. Would you stand up with me, please? In a moment, I'm going to, after I pray, I'm going to just say the table is open. Come. That's your opportunity to come forward and receive the elements. You can take them and kneel at the altar if you'd like and pray there. I, I enjoy doing that. Or you can go back to your seat. Or you can go to a corner of the building, someplace where you can just be alone with God and revel in the fact that He did everything for you. Father, thank you. Thank you. Jesus, thank you for the picture of submission that you gave to us, that you submitted to your Father, took my place on the cross, our place on the cross, and gave your life for a life. And Lord, as we come this morning, I pray that we would do so in a spirit of humble joy and thanksgiving remembering the cost of our freedom and our everlasting hope. We pray these things in Jesus' name. My friends, the table is open. Come.
Salvation's road. Thanks, man. With fear and trembling. So. Sure. 